Hello everyone and welcome to Storytime with Kay. I'm your host and today we will be reading Pete's Dragon. This is a story from Walt Disney Productions. It was published by Western Publishing Company in Wisconsin in the year 1977. Most people do not understand dragons. They think dragons are all wicked creatures who like to scare people with their fiery breath. Poppycock. Take Elliot the dragon, for instance. He is so kindly and polite that he often becomes invisible, just to keep from frightening people. Of course, he wasn't being invisible when he met Pete but he knew right away that Pete wasn't like other people. Pete thought Elliot's green scales looked just right, and he liked it when Elliot breathed fire, a most sensible lad. Now, if Pete was sensible and kind, the terrible Gogan family he lived with were not. They made Pete work from early in the morning until late at night. They shouted at him a lot, too. At last, Elliot did what any clever dragon would do. He arranged for Pete to run off with him. They ran and they ran until they came to the little seaside town of Passamaquoddy. Elliot became invisible since he didn't want to upset the townspeople. There, on the beach near town, they found a fine cave. It was just the proper size for a large dragon and a small boy, so they moved right in. Of course, it was a trifle damp. Elliot was about to warm it with a blast of his fiery breath when a young woman came hurrying along. She didn't see Elliot because he was invisible, but she did see Pete. You look cold and hungry, she said to Pete. My name is Nora. Come along with me to the lighthouse where I live. Pete went, since he certainly was cold and hungry. Elliot followed as quietly as a dragon can. When he peeked through the window, he saw Lampy, Nora's father, tending the light that warned the ships and kept them from running up on the reef. Elliot also saw Nora feeding Pete clam chowder. Then she tucked him into bed, just as a mother would do. The next day, Nora bought Pete some new clothes. He came and showed his new suit to Elliot, who thought he looked grand. His old clothes were so ragged that you could hardly call them clothes at all. The day after, Nora took Pete to school. Elliot thought this was a perfectly good idea, since only dragons are born knowing everything they need to know. Nora's a fine person, thought Elliot. One day, when he and Pete were on the beach, she's exactly the sort of woman Pete would have for a mother. But why does she look so sad? As he talked to Elliot, Pete mentioned that Nora was waiting for her sweetheart, a lad named Paul, who had sailed away many months ago. His ship sank, said Pete. Lampy says he's dead, but Nora's sure he's alive, and he'll come back to her one day. Aha, Elliot thought. I wonder what I can do about that. Certain that Pete would behave himself, 
be kind to Nora and help Lambie tend the light in the lighthouse, Elliot disappeared. Pete didn't mind. He was used to it. What he didn't know was that Elliot was gone, really gone, from the cave near the sea and the little town of Passamaquoddy. Elliot had to find Paul. Elliot did find Paul, and quite easily too, since dragons can do things that people wouldn't dream of. Paul was in a hospital far, far from Passamaquoddy. He'd had a nasty bump on the head when his ship went down, and he couldn't remember anything about Nora or Lampy or the lighthouse. Why, he couldn't even remember his own name. If a bump on the head did that to him, thought Elliot, no doubt another bump will set him right. He tipped over Paul's bed, and Paul came tumbling out. Just as Elliot planned, he bumped his head exactly hard enough, but not too hard. By golly, Paul cried. Now I remember. I'm Paul, and Nora is waiting for me. I must be very late. With that, he got dressed and rushed out of the hospital, looking for a ship that would carry him back to Nora. Elliot was proud of himself. Off he flew to Passamaquoddy to tell Pete that Paul would soon be home. But when he arrived, a surprise awaited him. Pete wasn't at the lighthouse. He wasn't in the cave either. Where could he be? The dragon wondered. As Elliot raced along the beach, searching high and low, he seemed to hear Pete calling. Elliot followed his voice into town. And who should be there but the Gogans? They had put Pete into a sack and were hauling him away in a wagon. Well, Pete was Elliot's boy, and Elliot was Pete's own dragon. Was Elliot going to stand for that? No, indeed. Elliot stopped worrying about upsetting people. He became visible and he charged at the Gogans, breathing fire and spreading clouds of smoke across the town. He roared like the gale that was blowing in from the sea. The townspeople tumbled over one another as they ran to get out of the way. And the Gogans went flying head over heels out of their wagon and one by one into a barrel of tar. When they pulled themselves out, they scooted out of town and never came back. No sooner had Elliot rescued Pete than another danger appeared. The light! The light! shouted the mayor of the town. The light in the lighthouse is out! It was true, and Elliot knew that out on the dark and stormy ocean was the ship that was carrying Paul home to Nora. It would surely run into the rocks unless someone lit the lamp again. Elliot sped to the lighthouse and blew his fiery breath at the big lamp in the tower. The light flared brightly and Paul's ship steered clear of the reefs and came safely into the harbor. There was hugging and kissing and shouting and cheering and the loudest cheers were for Elliot the dragon, the greatest dragon, visible or invisible, ever to come to Passamaquoddy. Elliot felt quite pleased with himself. Pete would be safe at the lighthouse with Nora and Paul, and whenever Elliot wanted to visit him, he could. 
because now the people of Passamaquoddy understood about dragons.